0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Welcome.
1: Glad you made it. I'm going to read my text to you and then we're going to hear a wonderful song from brother and sister Bauer. John chapter 14, verse number 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 says, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared. For them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. For a few minutes today, I'm gonna preach to you on this subject, the images of God's imagination. Did you know God has an imagination? And, And he creates images from his imagination. So let's listen to this song about our magnificent God. You may be seated. The verses he just read, it's a it's a nice tie-in of what
0: I what I was gonna say here. The words of this song, we think and we speak and we sing up here in the flesh. And there's no words that we can sing, no words that we can pray, no words that we can think to describe. How wonderful or awesome, how magnificent God is. I has not seen. We cannot even imagine until we get to heaven. And just I would just suggest to close your eyes and listen to this because it just it just helps you just understand and try and even reason how awesome God is. In Jesus' name. Who compares to you? Who sets the stars in the their place, you who called the raging seas that came crashing over me, who compares to you, you who brings the morning light, the hope
1: What a magnificent God. Magnificent God. You say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He truly is magnificent. He does all things well. Amen. Everything that God touches is better. Do you notice that? When he prayed for people, they were made well. When he took the food that was given to him and he blessed it, he fed the multitudes. Everything he touches is made better. But on the opposite, everything that Satan touches goes bad. I want his touch in my life, don't you? I want his magnificence revealed in my life. Touch us today, God. Touch us today. I wanna talk to you about the images of God's imagination. And God does have an imagination. We tease our children sometimes about imagination, don't we? Oh, you've got quite an imagination. I hope you will never lose your imagination because without an imagination, there will never be an image. I'm gonna ask you a very sobering question today. We sang a song, I won't go back, and can't go back. Do you remember where you were when God brought his imagination to your image? Do you remember? Do you remember maybe some trouble in your life? Maybe some problems in your marriage? Maybe some financial difficulty? Do you remember sickness and pain and loneliness? Do you remember life without purpose? Life without meaning? Did any of those things occur in your life? Were there ever any desperate times when you wondered if, you'd, if the clouds would ever break, if you'd ever find your purpose in life? And then came Jesus because he had an image for you. I remember the first time I came to this kind of a church, the, the hand clapping and the lifting of hands and the, and the singing out loud instead of the mumbling or just thinking in your mind about Jesus, when it became demonstrative and expressive and, and people looked so different than the way that I did when I first came to church. And after I got over the the culture shock and, and after I was able to look past the difference in the style of of worship, I thought deep down I could never be like you. Now I could go to a Packer game and I had no problem with my hands. That but that's that's only reserved for sports heroes. I want you to know there's a greater than Aaron Rodgers in the house today. There's a greater than Solomon in the house today. There's somebody worthy of praise that never fails, that never drops the ball. That's always got an answer for every question. It's always there to help out. That's why it's so easy to be a worshiper today. But I didn't think I could be like you. Man, I was playing ball three nights a week and I found out that you folks were going to church three nights a week. I can't do that. Sure you can. It's just a choice that you get to make. I never imagined I'd ever be a preacher or be a pastor But God knows what's best for each of our lives. And he lets us make our own decisions, even if they're the wrong decisions. Because the wrong decisions often bring us to the right conclusion. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. And when I was going through this process about deciding whether or not I might be one of you and some of the choices that I would have to make, and maybe even some of the sacrifices that would be involved, I remember looking in the mirror one day. And the thought came into my mind, and I think it was God, when God spoke to me and said, well, you've been in control up to this point. How's that working out for you? And it didn't take me long, too, too long to figure it out, and I looked in the mirror, and I remember it vividly. I looked in the mirror and I saw my face and I pointed my finger at myself and said, buddy, you're doing a pretty poor job. You're fired. I fired myself that day. And I asked Jesus, I went to church and I asked Jesus to be the Lord before he became my savior. You will never find in the scripture that it ever says our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Wherever the two are linked, it will always refer to him as our Lord and our Savior. Because before he can save you, he needs to be Lord of your life. <laughs> needs to be Lord of your life. Never thought that I could be one of you, but, but here I am today. Now the imagination and the mind have many functions, two of which are we can remember things, which can be a good thing or a bad thing, and we can imagine things. And some of our imagination needs to be cast down. Now, I I know that I'm on a little bit of a roll and what I'm about to say might sting a little bit, but it needs to be said. Do you know that pornography is the seed of immorality. It starts with pornography. And you know what pornography is? It's an imagination that leads to an image. And then it gets into your thoughts, and soon if it's not checked, it will lead to immorality in action. Let me read this verse of scripture to you concerning imagination. Second Corinthians 10 and three. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought needs to be brought into the obedience of Christ. Every evil imagination needs to be cast down. If you play with a snake, you're gonna get bit by the snake. So you have to guard your imagination and not let it give you the wrong images. Can I get an amen? Amen. Stay away from things that will promote and destroy your thought life. Remember, God loves you, and he's got a plan and a purpose for every one of our lives. First Corinthians chapter six, talking about imagination and image. First Corinthians six and nine, Do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards shall, or nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. See all the immorality in these passages? As a man thinks, so he is. What you think about is what you'll do. It starts with your imagination, and then it becomes an image. Now that's the negative. But if you read the next verse, it says, "'And such were some of you, but you are washed.'" Aren't you glad to be washed? Aren't you glad for being baptized in Jesus' name? for the remission of your sins, but you are sanctified, but you are justified by the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God, because God in his imagination saw you in the church today before you ever saw it, before you ever imagined it, before he ever recreated your image. An image is something that you portray to other people, right? Your image has been changed. People now look at you differently. Why? Because in the imagination of God, he was able to see you and allow you to be changed by his blood, by his word, and by his spirit. And now you have a testimony and your image is different in the community. And when people say, "I remember you when you you say that," ah, and wait a minute, And such were some of you. That's what I was, but that's not what I am. That's behind me. I won't go back. I can't go back to the way things used to be. Sunday morning used to be a hangover. Now it's a worship service. Because God has changed us. God has changed us. Take a look here. I want you to see this in Genesis chapter one and verse 26. Genesis one and 26. I'm gonna need some help today. I wanna give a a brief demonstration. Um, Kyle, would you do me a favor? Would you set that ladder up right about where Jacob is, right in that area, right there for me? Thank you. I had several people come up to me today. So cute. They said, hey, Brother Kylie, that ladder, that needs to be put away. That shouldn't be. A... I said, you're just like me, aren't you? I said, that's a prop. So David, where's David? David Bauer. David. David's going to get going to get to be God today. So if you climb up there a few steps, you get to see things from a higher elevation. One more. That's perfect right there. Okay. Kyle, I'm going to ask you to help me out. Now I'm going to set things up. Now God, listen to me now, this this will really help you to understand how God thinks. God sees the end from the beginning. Did you know that? We don't have that ability. We don't have that. But does the Bible not say, worthy is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world? Do you know from the very beginning, God saw this plan? Because he can look at things from the end of things, toward the beginning of things. So I'm going to give you this simple illustration. So, Brother Cordell, if you'll come, Kyle, if you'll just come, and you now you got to face God, because he's the boss, right? You're going to represent heaven. And Sister Meyer, would you help me out here? You're going to get to be the bride of Christ. That's quite an honor. Right here would be perfect. Of course, there you go, face that way. All right, and... um, Brother Meyer, you can help me out here. I'll call on a few people, you can help me. I need you to be Jesus, okay? So you get to stand right in the center here. Brother Landon, you come help me out, please. We'll let you be Moses. Brother Pickle, can you come and help me out? We'll let you be Adam. And Brother Geyer, will you help me out? Will you stand right over here? And you get to represent creation. All right? This is the way it works. Now, God sees things from the end to the beginning. So, he sees heaven first. I go to... You know, there's, it's amazing how many comparisons are, there are in the Old Testament and the New Testament. We should never discard either. Let me give you one. Does it not say in the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth? Is that not the way the Bible begins? Now, let me take you to the Gospel of John. It begins the same way. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. In the beginning, right? You get the connections here? So, we're gonna look from, we're gonna try and look from God's point of view backwards through history to see what God sees. And everything faces God because it's at His command. So, there's heaven, and then there's the church, the bride of Christ, and then there's Jesus. And I'm just picking out a few and here's Moses and here's Adam and here's creation. Now, with that in mind, listen to this. Genesis 1 and 26. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Here's my question to an intelligent, God-fearing group of people. What image did God have when he's getting ready to create this individual right here known as Adam? Where does anywhere in the scripture it say anything about an image that God has when he's speaking in Genesis 1.26? It does not say, there's nothing there to give us any kind of an idea. But I'm saying to you today that God looking at the end toward the beginning says this is what I'm gonna wear one day. I'm gonna manifest myself in flesh. This is what I'm gonna look up like and I'm gonna create that guy after the image that I am going to wear. So he creates Adam after the physical manifestation that he has in mind. That's how he does it. And he works with all of these characters, seeing what they can be and what they will be from the end toward the beginning. It is God's will for Rick Kiley to be created After this image, not this way, this way. Are you getting it? And he says, not only after our image, but after our likeness. So if I'm going to call myself a Christian, I should not only be facing God, but I should be after his image and after his likeness. So I need to be constantly saying, hey, can you turn around, Jesus? What do you like? What do you want? How can I please you? Because I want you not only to love me, I want you to like me. And, I, and you know what? You're my hero. And I wanna be like you. So you just tell me, what you want from my life so that I can be made after your image. Do not ever think that you can create God in your image. That's humanism. We are to be created in His image. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. be created in him, his image. Now let me talk to some more about his image. What image did God have? Colossians chapter 1 and verse 14. He is, or let me go to 15. He is the image of the invisible God. Speaking of Jesus, he is the firstborn of every creature. How can that be? Because God created through the image God didn't start here and work his way there. He started there and worked his way there. And he created everything through the manifestation and the image that he would one day wear. For by him were all things created. Speaking of Jesus now. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or, or, or powers, all things were created by not them, but him. If you read Genesis 1 and 27, so God created man in his own image. After the image of God created he, him. Male and female created he, them. It's a he and it's a one. Aaron Rodgers may wear number 12, Jesus wears number one. There is one God, one creator, one savior. Okay, I'm gonna keep going here. And, be, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He is the head of the body. Can I get an amen? amen. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Do you still see the image that I had up here? All fullness dwells in one person because that's what pleases him. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things to himself, they be things in earth or they be things in heaven. Colossians 2 and 8, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in him, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you, concerning your image, you're complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. God creates his own image from his imagination and then makes us after his image, again, from his own imagination. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now we have a new image, not the old image. And let's take a look at an imagination just for a minute. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. Now, the Lord said unto Abram. We had Abraham up here. Get out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you. And in thee shall all... The families of the earth be blessed. Wow. Do you know what Israel is? It's God's imagined nation. He imagined it. And then he brought the image to life. And he used the man by the name of Abraham. And he prophesied over him and said, this is what I'm about to do. And I will make your name great and you will be a blessing to the whole earth. And I will bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you. I pray the United States will continue to stand with Israel lest the curse comes on America. Because if we bless Israel, God will bless us. If we curse Israel, God will curse us because they are God's imagination. nation. But I want to tell you about another nation too. I want to tell you about a holy Im- imagination. Take a look at this scripture, 1 Peter chapter two. Speaking of the church, it says, Peter two and nine, you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood and holy nation. The church is a nation. It's a nation inside of a nation. It's a nation made up of all nations, but it is a holy nation. So the church is a holy, imagined nation of God. Aren't you glad to be a part of it? I'm glad to be a citizen. I am not an alien. I am a citizen. And God's preparing my place of residence because he's going to change my address. Can I get an amen to that? That's what heaven is. I'm gonna change your address. You're moving on up. Imagination. One last thing I wanna share with you today. What was, what was Christ's imagination at Calvary? What was he thinking while he was on that cross? I want you to know something today. It was not nails that held Jesus to a cross. It was his love for your image. You were on. Un- his mind. Yes, Why don't you come off the cross and we'll believe you? Well, I can't. I can't. I can't come off the cross because I'm the only hope there is for Dave Zelinsky. If I don't go through this, Dave Zelinski will be lost. I can't leave because I, I love Dave Zielinski. You can substitute any name you want. Take your name and put it in there. You were on his mind while he was on the cross. He saw you. 2,000 years before you were ever born. He saw the day that you would come to an altar and in desperation, you would call on his name. He saw the time of repentance. Dear God, I have made such a mess out of my life. I'm so ashamed of the things that I've done. I know they violated my conscience. I know that they violated your word. I'm ashamed of myself. I'm sorry for all that I've done. I want to change my life. I need your help. Is there any way you could forgive me and give me another opportunity to serve you? Would you be the Lord of my life? I've looked in the mirror and I fire myself. Jesus saw that. He saw the tears coming down your cheeks while you bowed a knee before him. He heard all that you had to say in your repentance and it held him to the cross. He rejoiced when he saw you being baptized and you took his name in the waters of baptism. We take a picture of everybody gets baptized in Jesus' name. We don't really need to do that. That's just for us. But God has his own picture of you. And he took your name when you were baptized in his name. He's got it branded in his brain. He'll never, ever forget that day. He saw you. Maybe when you came up out of that water and lifted your hands and he filled you with his spirit. See, that was all in his imagination before you ever became his image. And he saw it at Calvary. Oh, thank God for Calvary. Thank God for Calvary. Where would we be without Calvary? Where would we be without his sacrifice? Can you imagine? I wonder if you just do me a favor for a minute. Ask God to give you an imagination about Calvary. What was it like for Jesus to be on the cross for your sins? Have you ever asked him for that? Jesus, what was it like? I'll never forget what you did for me. Don't let me stray too far from Calvary. Don't spare me the agony of Gethsemane. Let it be branded in my mind as to how much you love me and what you did for my salvation. You need an image of Calvary that will never leave your life. Aren't you glad today for what God has made in your life? Something beautiful, something good. All my confusion, Jesus understood. And all I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. But he made something beautiful out of my life. It started in God's imagination. And now he's still working on your life. He hasn't finished yet. Can I get an amen to that? He hasn't finished yet but he's making you more and more like him his image and then I believe the Lord wanted me to do one last thing with you this morning and that is to bless you I want to bless you this morning and I hope you'll cooperate because this is what the Lord laid on my heart I would appreciate it if you would just take a moment and close your eyes And listen while I read scripture to you so that you can imagine in your mind just a little bit of what heaven is going to be like. I want to put this in your imagination. So if you just close your eyes, I'll read from the word of the Lord. I won't tell you. This is from Revelation 21 and 22. I just picked out certain parts. But listen, imagine this. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth were passed away. There was no more sea. I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them, and he will be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for all the former things are passed away. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither! I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. He carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. He showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like unto a stone, most precious. She had a great wall, it had a great wall high. It had 12 gates, 12 angels, Names were written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. He talked with me and he had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lied four square. The length is as large as the breadth. And the measure of the city with the reed measured 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height were all equal. And he measured the wall thereof, 144 cubits, according to the measure of man, there as of an angel. And the building of the wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like under clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every gate was one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, and it was as transparent as glass. I saw no temple therein, the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. The city had no need of the sun, neither the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And he showed me a pure river of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and out of the Lamb. And in the midst of it, the street of it, on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of nations. And there will be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him And they shall see his face, and his name will be in their foreheads, and there will be no night there, and no need of a candle, nor light of the sun. For the Lord giveth light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true, And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show unto his servants the things which must shortly come. Will you stand with me today? We are meant to be the images of God's imagination, God's got a plan for every one of our lives. But in order for a potter to work, he needs clay. So today, I want to invite you to this altar. Maybe God's still working on your life. Make him Lord, and he'll give you a savior. Allow him to shape your life, breathe life into it. Never lose sight. Of the finish line don't let your imagination take you the wrong direction stay focused turn your eyes upon jesus stay on track one day we're going to a place that he has prepared for us and eye has not seen nor ear heard neither has it entered into the mind of man the things that god has prepared for those that love him. Jesus, I pray today as we come to this altar and spend time talking to you, that you will continue talking to us. Help us to see what your image is for our lives.
0: Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.